0: Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by Mile High Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am joined by a very special guest. He's somebody I have known for a long time who has been at Mile High Sports forever. It is Anilo Piro. What's your, what's your, uh, ad, Anilo? At media by AP.
1: It's kind of gone through some waves over the years, but I'm sticking with that because that's what's on the business card now. So I feel like I'm uh, absolutely locked into that handle for the rest of my life. So it's going to be media by AP for the foreseeable future.
0: I like it. And Anilo has has recently had a a pr- promotion of sorts uh, as, as part of the Mile High Sports family. Can you tell everybody about that?
1: Yeah, you know, we're going through a bit of a revamp here at the company. You know, you're a big part of that. And uh, so you know, I graduated school in the middle of the pandemic and fortunate enough to, you know, my, my role is ever changing, but the official title is the digital media manager and the operations manager. So I, I essentially kind of help run the day-to-day responsibilities of the station, the magazine, the website. And then also, you know, I'm in charge of making sure that your podcast looks good on social media, making sure it's getting distributed. So, you know, I know we're gonna talk a lot about new age media and kind of the way that things are trending, and you know, my in a nutshell, I just want to make sure that my life sports is, you know, fine-tuned for the modern era. So you're a big part of that. This podcast is a big part of that. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Me too, man. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because for, for a lot of people that have been following my work at Denver Stiffs, like it's it's been very standard. They they knew exactly what they were getting from me and right. from the podcast and what I was doing. Now I feel like I'm kind of in a place where I'm evolving and kind of breaking off doing my, I did my own individual podcast for a while and changed platforms. And now I'm writing for a different platform. And there's just a lot of change that has been going on. And so I wanted to bring on somebody who was very familiar with the Mile High Sports brand, who has been there for a long time and understands kind of how this thing is going to continue to progress. And and we can potentially talk about what my role is going to be. And obviously like that, that's me communicating with Nate, like right. like nuggets analyst and whatnot. That's, that's, it's pretty ambiguous, but I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on it so far. Uh, but I'm really excited about Mile High Sports and I feel like you are too. And, and we've just got a lot of reasons to be excited going forward. Uh, what year did you first join? I, I'm very curious to see just kind of how Mile High Sports has evolved since then.
1: Yeah. Let's see here. 2016 is when I started. I was a senior in high school and I'll never forget. And it's actually, it's interesting because this, you might not even remember this, but I got into the nuggets, you know, trying to do some like fan outings, like way back in the way with this little shindig that I call the Denver sidekicks, like way back when. <laughs> and wow. it's crazy because like, that's how I like got on Tim Geltz radar, who was the then head of PR. And it, it's a really long story, but I remember like sitting down for my interview when the like all the radio staff was getting ready to go to San Francisco because the Broncos were going to play the Panthers in the Super Bowl. And I remember like Gil Whiteley and like just a bunch of different people that I had no idea who these guys were, like just roaming around the studio. So February 2016 is when I got started, I guess you could say. So middle of basketball season, Rocky season of 2016. So it's been a while, man.
0: We basically got started at around the same point. I, I, I basically hopped on to Denver Stiffs in May of that year. And so we've kind of both seen this Nuggets era really evolve. You've been on to other teams, obviously. You spent a lot of time with the Rockies as, as yep. for, for obvious reasons. And I'm, I'm very curious to see kind of Mile High Sports at that point. Mile High Sports for a long time has been the magazine. Like that's where it really got its its start. And then in the radio side of things, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people fully appreciate how much they've transitioned towards the web and towards media and now towards podcasts. I think that Nate has a has a pretty good handle on that. It's one of the reasons why I was interested in coming over. But am I right in that that like this this was just a completely different thing than it was 6 years ago? Absolutely, man. I mean, this company has
1: evolved. When I started at My life Sports, it was actually before Nate had purchased the company, so I saw it, you know, under the old ownership group now transitioning into the new ownership group with Nate, which has been rock rock solid here for quite some time. And you know, I think you hit the nail on the head is You know, the dot com, I'm not trying to say it was really an afterthought in the past, but like we didn't really have like beat guys per se, like we do with you, like we have with Arif, Drew, Cody, Zach, right? We've kind of had like this nice rock solid staff right now. And obviously, when I was brought on to My Life Sports, it was to cover the Rockies, to cover the Nuggets. I had a credential, you know, but it, it was never with the, what's the word, the resources kind of necessary or the drive from the company's perspective. It was more so like, yeah, we need coverage but nowadays it's like we're prioritizing coverage, right? I feel like a lot more before it was about telling the stories in the magazine, talking about them on air. And we're still very much doing that, but now kind of putting our own little spin, our own little brand of coverage on it. So, you know, it's been very interesting to see the company just really, it's been a roller coaster. I've seen ups, downs all the way around. I mean, just it's, it's been very interesting to see how it evolves. And I'm happy we're talking about this topic as well, because, you know, I kind of, I tweeted it out a little bit. I, I struggled to summarize my thoughts into a tweet. But one of the things that I did say on Twitter is in the seven years or so I've been a part of the company, like this is the most excited I felt about where we are right now because of people like you, what we're doing and just the vision, you know, that Nate and myself and and Doug Ottawell and everybody are trying to push forward. So super exciting stuff here at the company.
0: I know there are things that we can't really talk about. There, are, there are things that are sort of evolving currently. I, I know Jeff Morton's involved in some things. Oh, and the Amy man I've talked and I'm really excited about Jeff. He's he's an OG. Shout out to Jeff Morton. Uh, but it's just it's just very interesting to me how uh, DNVR has has had their own evolution. They they helped change and revolutionize the game in this yep. in a lot of different ways. And, and I think that there's space for them. There was always space for Denver Stiffs. And it's not necessarily even like a competition kind of thing. It's just covering things from completely different perspectives, even though a lot of people consider us competitors and consider us like, like very uh, close from a competition standpoint. like, I, I know that I want to get certain stories. And and like Harrison Wind has done some great things for uh, DNVRs as a reporter. And Adam Marius is like the lead, like one of the main guys that I look up to as a nuggets analyst. Right. Uh, They do things in their own way. I think Mile High Sports is sort of breaking off, doing things our way. And I'm really excited about how that looks and what that means.
1: Yeah, no, me too. And, And, you know, my big thing in my role is to kind of bring Mile High Sports into the forefront, right? Because this is this incredible brand to me, the best name in the city, not trying to be biased. I mean, I just think it's absolutely fantastic. Our name it, it our brand, fantastic. our logo. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's perfect. I love everything about it. And, you know, I actually, I went out to a dinner with Doug Ottawa and Nate Lundy a couple of weeks ago and they were kind of just talking about, you know, what it was like in the early days. And this was more Doug, you know, about like when we had this, you know, super cool. We were the new kid on the block, right? We had this magazine, you know, super hype. We had this radio station, right? And things have kind of gone, you know, in some different directions as the world has progressed. And I I just think it's so exciting because, you know, we've seen incredible outlets, you know, Denver Stiffs taken off back when it was, uh, you know, Nate Timmons, Jeff Moore, and Andy Feinstein way back in the day. And then obviously DNVR here in the last decade or so really taken off. And what they've done has been nothing short of remarkable. And I, I think it's a testament to, you know, where modern media is going. I mean, we've seen evolution with national outlets, small local media outlets, just like you said, a pivot in kind of how teams and sports are covered. And I'm excited to kind of put our own little brand on that. And I think the unique part about it is, I think we kind of started as that in a way in the early 2000s, magazine started in 2002. And I think we're going to be able to kind of, we have an ability to be this new wave, new age media company that also has a bit of an established legacy being that we've been around the block for a little bit of time. So that's what I'm super excited about. So. You know, it, it's just, it's really exciting, man. Like I said, this is the most pumped that I've ever, you know, felt being working with this company right now, and I'm excited to kind of make it all come to life.
0: It's very cyclical, and and what I w- what I would say there is, I think from my outside perspective, looking in on Mile High Sports for a while as Denver Stiffs, I was always thinking, man, this this it feels like they could be doing more from from a a modern coverage standpoint, and and there were some there were some things that you guys were doing. Uh, like the the radio was was really cool and very interesting and, and cutting edge for a long time and having your own radio station was such a big deal like mm-hmm. it, it was it was 1043 and it was Mile High Sports and those were the two that I would listen to yeah. when I was debating Kyle Orton versus Jay Cutler and things right. like that that was a uh, that was a, a shout out to the 2009 Broncos. What a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> uh, but I think a really good example of, of sort of how things are changing and, and potentially changing for the better uh, the clipping of my segment with Eric Goodman and Terry Fry on, on Monday evening. I thought that that was really interesting for those who don't know, you, you should go listen to this because I think it was good content um, on the radio show, Eric Goodman invited me on. He wanted to talk about my article on on the luxury tax and what what it means for Denver. How they can, how will they continue going to go into the tax? And then sort of pivoted into a conversation about Michael Porter and what his role in Denver is, what he's earned, and versus what he what he actually deserves. And and so it was just a very interesting mesh between what the the writing side of things with me and the podcasting side of things and how that ultimately was distributed, but also with the radio side and, and how you have these, like, I, I think traditional radio side folks who are still learning it and trying to figure out how to get into the space, but combining it all and making it work, I think it's just really interesting. And, and there are ways that I think we can do that with podcasting content and also video content that I know you guys are pushing forward.
1: Yeah. You know, we've been doing a bunch of video content with Cody on the Bronco side of things, you know, just clipping radio shows from my personal show, the whole line. I, I mean, I'm happy you brought up the Goodman segment because I'm not going to lie. I saw that on Twitter and I think uh, one of our, I think it was probably Danny or Andrew, one of our producers here, who tweeted it out and I saw the word heated. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, we just started with Ryan. Like, and, you know, I love Goodman, but he's an intense guy to kind of get in the ring with sometimes. And I listened to it. And it's just a phenomenal back and forth. And I I think, you know, I remember pre-pandemic, you know, when Les Shapiro was still with us, Les and Eric would always be at Nuggets practice. They would always be in the trenches. They would always be doing interviews. And I always have found myself in this weird predicament of like, I've been so fortunate to rub shoulders with you, with Morton, with Adam, with some of the big time Chris Dempsey, you know, some of the great Nuggets reporters who are very intellectually sound. And then I kind of talked to Goodman and some of the other radio hosts who have the more rugged kind of like people's take, right? The taking the organization's thinking out of it. And I kind of walked that line and that clip, that segment that you guys did, for example, was like the perfect back and forth of somebody like yourself, who's in the building, very sophisticated, has sources. Goodman has sources as well, but at a different level, who's more of a sports talk radio? It was just a great combination because I think in new age media as well, there's still kind of that line in the sand of like old school is old school. We're going to do it this way. New school is new school. We're going to do it this way. And Segments like that, I'm looking a lot more forward to because it's, it's a great blend. And also, like, I, I mean, you know, with you, you're a younger cat. I'm a younger cat. I mean, Goodman's going to reach a different demographic than you are, you know? So there's probably a lot of people that heard your voice for the first time, that heard your takes for the first time. And I think that's what's so great is the blend of, of talent. I mean, Nate himself, you know, he's done endless different things, you know, his radio right. days doing the TV show over at Altitude. So and then we got you and I, you know, we got Cody, we got Zach, kind of the new age media wave.
0: So great blend. There are lots of things to be excited about. Lots of things that we still can't talk about that I think are going to evolve. Just wait. I'm I'm just really looking forward to what it means for the site, what it means for the people that are involved with the site. Everybody should be excited. There was a reason why I committed to this. I'm just I'm really looking forward to what's to come because there's there's just it is a very interesting place that we are uh, for as a as a media group. And there are so many different ways that you can cover sports, so many different ways that you can cover uh, entertainment and life stuff. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, who picks that up going forward. But I, I love the way that Mile High Sports is trending right now, and I think everybody should be excited about it. I hope that everybody has Mile High Sports in the tab. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when they're looking for their bookmarks going forward,
1: and I think like one thing I would like to add to that is kind of like a signal of where we're trending as a company. I you know I I consider myself a realist at all times, and it's been like I said a wave up and down and around with the company. And I think you coming on board, because I feel like for a long time, my life sports has been viewed as a stepping stone. I think there's a lot of people that have started at my life sports in this market, because it's a great in and then they move on to bigger and better things, which is fantastic. You want to see that, but we're bringing people in now, right? We brought you in to be a part of our team. We brought in Cody Rourke, who's phenomenal to cover the Denver Broncos for us. Arif has been on our staff. We brought in Drew Creesman to cover the Rockies. I, I just want to,
0: I don't want to make sure that everybody knows Arif has been in Edmonton. Oh my he's, gosh. He's, he's incredible in Canada covering the Avs in the, in playoff, like Western conference, final hockey. It is incredible yeah. to see what he has done and, and what the rest of the guys are doing consistently.
1: It's phenomenal. And I, I'm just so proud of the team that we've put together because the weird part for me is like, like I said, like I, I kind of started in these beat rules, but like, I kind of recognized rather quickly that like beat report, like I, I have an entrepreneurial side. I like the management side of things as much as anything too. Sure. And so it was cool to kind of like, you know, I remember when you and I were sitting in the Nuggets media room, you went to South Carolina, if I remember correctly. And I yeah, remember us yeah. just kind of sitting around like I'm at Metro and it's just like like I get to work with you guys now, but in kind of a different way. And I'm not trying to say I never saw myself as a beat guy, but I, I'm happy to be in a position where I've got guys like you, Drew, Cody, Arif that are just doing great work. And I mean, like you said, Arif is in Edmonton. And another testament to this, and then we can move on to the topic, is two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Eric wouldn't have been in Edmonton. We would not have, you know, there were there's there's things that we're doing now as a company that we wouldn't have necessarily done a handful of years ago. And I think that's just another testament to how we're moving forward, how we're pushing things forward. And like like you said, man, I just echo everything. I'm just so so excited about this chapter that we're opening up.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Selfishly, I'm excited about it because, (laughs) like, hey, this is uh, this is where we're this is where I committed. This is where I want to be. And it's great. I just hope that everything continues to move forward in that direction. Uh, We'll see how this goes. I think revisiting this conversation in a year should be interesting because everybody's going to be everybody's going to be interested in in what we've got going on for the next calendar year. I think
1: I completely agree, man. And it's summertime. And the other thing is, and I know we'll talk a little general Denver sports like I have yet to work in Denver sports media when the Broncos were good. Like I started right when the Broncos had won the Super Bowl. So maybe call it the first month. Right. And it is kind of what's the old saying, like, you know, rising tide, raise all boats or whatever. Like, I'm excited for the Broncos to be relevant again, because I just think in general, it's, you know, you've got the avalanche of the cup, but I think it's just going to put the city of Denver and all of our sports teams on the map. I mean, it's only a good thing. I know there's probably a lot of Nuggets fans out there that could give a damn about the Broncos, but believe me when I say when the Broncos are good, it's good for Denver as a whole. And I'm just excited to see what that pandemonium is going to be like as well.
0: Going to be a lot of fun. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are actually going to touch on some abs and some Broncos talk because I do think that it pertains to the nuggets. As you said, we will be right back. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support, everybody. If you can, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast Also, can find us on Spreaker. And I know that we're trying to update the website just to make sure that everything is like is in the perfect place for everybody to find all these episodes. Because I, I know sometimes it can be confusing when there's a change. So we're just trying to figure all that out. Should be cleared up very, very shortly. Uh, I'm with Anilo. I'm with Anilo Pirro. He and I just talked about a lot of interesting stuff with regard to Mile High Sports. And and one of the interesting things, just being at MHS, I was at a Nuggets site. I was at Denver Stiffs and, and that was giving me the opportunity to hyper focus on what the Nuggets were doing. And it was great for me for growing as a Nuggets writer and growing as a Nuggets personality, I think, but one hundred Stiffs was Nuggets specific. Mile high sports is Colorado. It's, it's everything that's going on here. It's the major sports that there's other, other factors as well. And like you said, bringing on a whole bunch of beat writers, whole bunch of very competent people from all Rose. of the sports who are, who are doing everything. So I've just wanted to be able to touch on that, make sure to give everybody their shine and, and what better way to start than with the other team in the building, the Colorado avalanche are heading to the Stanley cup final. How oh,
1: crazy is that dude? It's so incredible. And it was one of those moments where I was watching the game at home when they clinched and I just like after couldn't get off Twitter. Like I was just constantly retweeting or refreshing, seeing what everyone was talking about. Like it was so cool to kind of see them exercise those demons. And it was really more second round demons for the abs, but to see them kind of break through and get to a cup final now. And I know the lightning and the Rangers were still you know trying to figure out who's going to win that as a recording of this podcast, but just awesome man and I, I mean i wasn't living in colorado when the avalanche won their last cup i know they beat my devils uh way back when as well so that's my little memory there right. but I, i'm excited dude like and the thing about the avalanche is their fan base is like a cult sometimes like it is so rabid like it, it's like the most diehard fan base in the state like i know the broncos are far and wide but like If you're an abs fan, like a real abs fan, like you're down and dirty with them. And it's fantastic. So I think they got a good chance. Like we talked about Arif, like how cool is that? That he's in Edmonton covering that series for us. Like our coverage is top notch, but I I like, I like their chances against either Tampa Bay or the Rangers, whoever it might be. So they're just incredible. I mean, and also let's talk about this as it relates to the Nuggets. We've got Nicole Jokic and we've got Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, like golden era for Denver winter sports right now in regards to talent.
0: It's like you're writing my, my segment for me because one yeah. of my questions was Nathan McKinnon, Cal McCarr, oh. or Nicola Jokic. Who's the, who's the best Denver athlete among those Ooh. three? I, here's the thing. I
1: am not afraid to say it. I'm definitely a more of a casual hockey fan, but all I know is Wayne Gretzky, who is, and and I had this debate on my radio show. I would go as far to say, like, you, talk, you take Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, and I'm not going to uh, dare uh, Mike Trout or whatever, your base, but sure. Wayne Gretzky is the single most dominant, impressive, athlete in any one sport. And I know that Jordan is insane. Brady's insane, but Wayne Gretzky's a maniac with what he's accomplished. Right. And if you've got Wayne Gretzky on the NHL TNT broadcast, gassing up Kale McCarr, that is the equivalent of Michael Jordan gassing up LeBron James. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that speaks volumes. I am a little biased. I'm going to say Jokic, though, long-winded answer to go to make a pivot. I think that Jokic is just the NBA's anti-star man. Like what he is like, being a European, not being able to jump, not being athletic, being this doughy guy, and to win back to back MVPs is just insane because I think McKinnon and McCarr are more prototypical superstars for their sport. Jokic is not. And I think that's what makes him so unique.
0: I think that's true. And, and it is interesting that having, having watched the third period in overtime last night, what a thrill. You just get blown away with how dynamic the Avs are and just how much pressure they put on the opposing defense, the opposing goalie. And I, I can't speak confidently on the Avs and on hockey in general, because I I, I wouldn't want to listen to like, if, if a, an only hockey guy was trying to talk about how great Nicole Jokic is, then I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. But uh. uh, so, but I just, I wanted to make sure to give them their shine. Uh, they're like for all the basketball folks out there who, who are still trying to grow accustomed to this. Just how good are the Abs? Because I compared them to the sixteen seventeen Warriors like last night.
1: I I mean I think they have the chance to rip off that type of a run potentially. Like I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but I mean I honestly think that's a fair comparison because that's obviously pre Durant as well. Like this would be a like well, no Car- that
0: that's one that one is like you've got your Steph Curry and yeah. you have got your Kevin Durant. So is is, wow. is Nathan McKinnon your your yeah. Steph Curry's? Is Kale McCarr your Kevin Durant?
1: I, I think in regards to talent level, absolutely. I think the beautiful part is you didn't have to uh you know have to sign them in free agency. They just, you know, were <laughs> drafted and developed. I got I could do a whole podcast on KD if I Love wanted it. to. But um, no, I mean, I think that's a very fair comparison. They they gotta get it done though. I guess that's what I would have to say. Is if we're gonna compare like I would almost I'm not sure how fancy you are with baseball, but like if they keep losing. I forget the exact year, but I would compare them to those Mariners teams that had, like, Alex Rodriguez, Kurt Schilling, Ken Griffey Jr. They'd win 105 games and then completely fall apart in the playoffs. Like, there's no question the level of talent on this roster is immense. And if they can finish the job, which I think they will, they're going to, yeah, you can absolutely put them in that little era there or that little comparison with the Warriors for sure.
0: It is interesting, and I want to touch on this in the third segment, but a, a lot of people talk about the Avs championship still. Uh, the Rockies, right. they talk about the 07 run and how impactful that was for the state, how impactful that was for the city and, and trying to get behind the Rockies in general. Uh, you obviously have the Broncos in uh, 97, 98, 2015, or sorry, 2016, I guess. But yeah. Um, but like you have those championship runs and how impactful they were and what that really means to the sport. Uh, I'm, I'm going to save that for the third segment though. Abs are fantastic. There's no doubt about that. Let's talk about the Broncos. Uh, Let's do it. We got some news for the Broncos. Uh, the ownership bids right now are coming in. I saw Mike List just tweet out that uh, it's a very competitive bidding process right now. Uh, I'm not very well versed in this, and, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of Nuggets fans could could give a damn. But I do think okay. that there are two very important candidates among these these guys that that I think pertain to the Nuggets, and that's Rob Walden and Robert F. Smith.
1: Absolutely, you know, two people with interesting ties here to the local market, and. and- I don't know if you caught the Forbes report that came out on Monday of this week. Uh, So early June, if you're listening to this at a later date, but Forbes basically came out and said that Robert Walton was going to win the bidding. Like it it basically made it seem like it was all but done. That has been backtracked by it just hasn't been confirmed. The reality situation is, though, I I looked it up for my radio show. Rob Walton is worth fifty nine point four billion dollars, I think, off the top. So, like, wow. there's no question that if he wants to buy the team, like he's probably in all likelihood going to be able to put together the best offer. So, you know, the Robert S. Smith one is an interesting one, an interesting dynamic as well. But I, I think regardless of who buys the team, and it, it's probably gonna be Walton, if I had to guess right now, it, it's gonna change the way that this organization operates. And, and you know, for a long time, as successful as the Broncos were. You know, there's always talk about how they weren't like a cash heavy team, right? A lot of it was built up in the bowl and trust and they had access to money, but it wasn't like they were, you know, an affluent San Francisco 49ers or the New York Giants where they were just so cash rich. So or the I the LA Rams. pretty uh, well, oy, and that's <laughs> the weirdest dynamic ever, man. Like we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Like the calmly presser and the comments about the, yeah, the whole thing. So I think regardless, though, if you're a Bronco fan, even a Denver sports fan, right? You got to be pretty excited about what's coming through the pipes here with the new owner, because I think the candidates that are listed, all are solid and are all going to push the team forward.
0: For those that don't know, Rob Walton is the cousin of Ann Walton, who is the wife of Stan Kroenke. For a while, Ann Walton was the owner of the Nuggets, uh, because there was a rule that if you owned an NFL franchise, you could not own another sports team from another league, basically. Right. Uh, so they would list Ann Walton as the owner and Stan Kroenke was, was the owner and everybody knew that, but he was still owning the St. Louis Rams and then move them to LA. Uh, it's it's very interesting, those dynamics. And then you'd have, obviously Stan would have the Rams and, and Rob Walton would have the Broncos and Stan would have the abs and the nuggets and the Rapids. And yeah, it, it is just a very interesting intertwined thing and it's one of those things where football is just truly king, uh, whether it comes to Denver, whether it comes to L.A., even with the Lakers, <laughs> whether it comes to whoever, every single state pretty much in the country really defaults to the NFL. And and I think this could be best served with saying that Stan Kroenke just purchased $175 million worth of land around the L.A. area where he hopes to build a practice facility for the Rams, among other things. Uh, we just had a presser in with Josh Kroenke, and I asked him about the practice facility and how imminent that was. And he said, oh, yeah, we, we think that this could happen, but there are some some zoning things, and there's a lot of stuff that I think you could, could really hold things up. Uh, it just sort of – it seems interesting how quickly things move for the NFL and how slowly things have moved for the Nuggets and Naps.
1: It's a fascinating dynamic. It, it really is. And, and I'm not sure how to feel about it. Because it's like I understand it. Like, like you said, the NFL sure. is king. They also own Arsenal, right? I mean, like we're talking the reality of the situation is the Nuggets and the Avalanche are, you know, pennies compared to those teams in regards to what they can generate on a year-over-year basis, I would think. Still, though, like I think the frustrating part is there's no lack of resources with the with the KSC kind of enterprise here in that sense. And I, I think it's just a matter of like, it's going to get done, but like, why can't it be front of mind? Like, why do the Nuggets have to continue to practice in this gym auditorium that's fit for a high school team? Right. I think that's just kind of the frustration. And, and really, you know, the irony in all this is the fact that you still can't watch the teams and I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but it's like, you, you talk is cheap, man. And I understand, you know, Cronky was very insightful about, oh, altitude's operating at a loss and just kind of talking about some other different dynamics in, in regards to that. But at the end of the day, if you truly cared about your fans in, in a dire way, you're going to make sure that these that this stuff is available. You're going to make sure that your team is adequate with practice facilities. I mean, the the Avalanche train at a bone like knockoff Dave and Buster's. Like it's absolutely <laughs> absurd when you when you kind of compare it to the, the rest of the landscape here. It's frustrating, and for for whatever the reason, they they've been able to operate within you know, within this type of scenario, I do think what's interesting on this point as well. And I'm not a Denver sports historian, but just using timeline, like the Crocs have been far more intertwined in the city of Denver than they have in LA. Like there's been a, like they've, they've had a footprint here. So right, there's not really an excuse in that sense. Right. It's not like, I, I guess I don't really know what to make it of as a whole, other than it's a joke. And that's just kind of like the sports fan in me is like, it's, it's unacceptable.
0: Yeah. It's just, as, as you mentioned, uh, Football is just going to take precedence the king. and and seeing what Stan and, and Josh have really done with the Rams. Like they they deserve a lot of credit for what they've turned around with that. And they're probably raking in a whole bunch of cash after winning Super Bowl. They just built a new facility where they're going to charge out the wazoo, obviously for people to be able to go there. Uh, have you seen the parking prices in, at the, the stadium? Like that's, Crazy. it's unbelievable what's going on down there, but like, it, it just seems to me like that is always going to be something that, Nuggets fans, Avs fans, and and a lot of the local fans are going to be disappointed with, and I, I guess that's probably a good transition to our third segment. So when we come back, we will talk about whether the Nuggets are in fact the redheaded stepchild in the Denver market. We'll be right back. back final segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much for tuning in joined by anilo Piro of mile high sports uh anilo i was at the presser for josh kronky on friday and there was something that i wanted to bring up something that i haven't really talked about that was said there were so many things that were discussed so many things that were said andrew mason of 104.3 he wrote about this and i think it's fair to discuss uh, given that uh with with you with somebody who follows every sport and every every major team in this city the quote when asked uh, if the Denver area teams of the KSE Empire, that's the the Nuggets, the Avs, the Rapids, uh, Josh Kroenke was asked if, if he felt that those teams were neglected. And Josh replied on Friday, I'm going to give this full quote. I'm not sure if I understand the context of them feeling left out because we are very focused on all of our teams. We have great people running our teams on a daily basis. That's really why I'm here quote, I would say there's no redheaded stepchild at all. We are very focused on all of our teams and making sure that the fan bases are very happy. You listen to that quote. You digest that quote. What's the first thing that pops into your head? (sighs) That's a good question. I think
1: the first thing that pops into my head is they're operating within their means. And I think that there's truth in the sense that Yes, they're going to go give Nikola Jokic a massive extension. They've done things when necessary, and I, I think you—they followed, you know, the model that's been presented. Like, like if they went out and just didn't sign a Jokic extension, like what are we doing here, right? They're not going to right. do that. They—they've always done the things that they should have done, right? It's the gray area where I think the fans question: Are they willing to go the extra mile? Now, let me ask you this because this is an interesting dynamic. I think as it relates to the Nuggets compared to the other teams, I think the NBA is the hardest sport to win in. Because it, of the four major sports, because of the star-driven dynamic of it, the difficulties of recruiting free agents to Denver. Like I remember before, Jokic blew up. Like remember the sympathy tweet that Dwayne Wade threw out there after he met with the Nuggets as a free agent. That's like a I way to the throw them a bone. <laughs> like and so where I do give the ownership a little bit of a break is in the red ste- redheaded stepchild stepchild comparison is it's harder to win with the nuggets than it is with the avalanche or with the Broncos. I'm not too familiar with arsenal in that sense, but I, I think that maybe like it's easier to build a championship winning team for the ground up for the avalanche, like they're doing right now than it is for the nuggets. Like if I'm being honest to the nuggets, if they win a title, they're going to get lucky because conventional basketball wisdom, like the, the, the bucks feel like the first team that really kind of built something from the ground up to win the damn thing outside of the Warriors before they got KD, which is a whole nother sport, sport. Right. But, it's an interesting conversation because I they I don't I wouldn't say they've neglected the franchise entirely, but I don't think that you feel the overwhelming desire to win at all costs. But I think they've done enough to provide a winning caliber team, which is in a sense what you're asking for as a fan.
0: I think fans are tired of that narrative. I think that especially Nuggets fans specifically, like you, just look back at the the winning percent, and I think uh, Andrew actually had this in his article. Like the Nuggets during the time that Josh Kroenke, Stan Kroenke have been a part of things. Uh, they have the eighth highest winning percentage in the regular season in the yeah. NBA. That's really good. Like that's that's a, that's a borderline elite franchise during that time from a, a winning percentage standpoint, they've only been to the Western conference finals twice, uh, 2009, 2020. Uh, both of those times they were, they were close, but they ran up against a large juggernaut in the Lakers. And both times those teams were built with uh, superstars and a big, big team, uh, big market bias in mind, um, but I do think that if you're the Nuggets and if if I think Nuggets fans do feel this way, they want to see a, a player that you you have two-time MVP Nikola Jokic. You have a an All-Star caliber player in Jamal Murray, a potential All-Star caliber player in Michael Porter if he gets back on the court. You have the pieces, you have the talents, you, you've, you've done a good job of amassing that. It's about literally everything else. Right. And making sure that the team can be watched, the team can be seen, uh, the team is marketed in the city enough. Like how many times have you gone downtown and seen a, a uh, billboard for Nikola Jokic out there? Right. Like it's just it's just the detail stuff that I think a lot of people are very frustrated with. And like you said, they they won with the Rams. They've now won with the Avalanche. They've talked about all of their winning with all of their other franchises ad nauseum. I do think that they are on track to win with the Nuggets if they kind of push through with this last step, but they've never completed the last step before. And I'm just concerned that they they never will.
1: Yeah, no, and, and I I agree with you. And I think it's kind of, there's two ways to look at it. And I I still think, in the latter part of what you said i think that they've set the team up to get to where they want to go like i guess the question i would flip around to you is like what more can they do from an x's and o's perspective you know to kind of set the team up you talk about the three players you know they bring in Aaron Gordon as well so i think from that perspective ownership well you is know what you the- know what
0: they could do is they could add a high paying defensive coordinator who can con- who can contribute x's and o's on that yeah. front but that's just something that they don't really
1: that's very fair into. And no, they, and, they never really have. And, and you know what, maybe that's more about operational. And I got to stop thinking about this from an X's and O's because where you are right is assistant coaching pay, assistant coaching staff, Michael Malone's pay, Tim Conley's ability to walk away. Like, And I understand that, you know, they kind of opened up in that, but Conley should have been taken care of to the point that he didn't even have to consider the opportunity. Right. right. And I think obviously the cherry on top, the facilities, you know, I, I think in that sense, They've got a championship caliber product on the court, but they don't necessarily have the championship uh, accessories, I guess you could say. Right. Like with the coaching staff and all that. And that's the one thing about the Rockies. Look, I know the Rockies are this mess of a franchise, but they've got top notch facilities. I mean, there's spring training training facilities considered to be one of, if not the best in Major League Baseball. They've got a top notch chef. They just redid the clubhouse. Like there's there's a lot of things that make the Rockies fun, even though they suck as a team. Right. And I, it's almost like the opposite of like the Nuggets are doing all these things of a championship caliber team, but they're still practicing in the, you know, a practice facility, the size of a uh, high school court. It's wild. And I do think, I
0: I do think that this could be solved. It could be solved by funneling money into this. And I think if this is a, if this is a priority to ownership, if this is a priority to uh, them for wanting to win a title, it, it does come on the margins and it's not just from a, a margins with the players, it's a margins in how those players are treated from a, like a, a high level advanced medicine standpoint and, and making sure that they have all the best practices in order to get the job done. And I just know from, from talking to people, talking to everybody that's kind of involved, that that's just not something that's ever happened. Um, the practice facility, as you mentioned, the Comcast dispute, as you mentioned. That's so bad. Uh, it could be solved. I think I think a lot of where people are very critical here is that it feels like all of these things could be solved if you just threw money at them, if you just were yes. willing to invest. And, and I just don't know how willing that is. And, and because the Nuggets have always kind of been a team that wants to operate in the black if they can. They haven't been able to these last couple of years because of the altitude dispute. But I honestly think that that was their own doing, too, or at least part, partially their own doing by not being forward thinking on this matter.
1: Right. And I I think it's a very valid point because, like I said, talk is cheap. You know, and the reality of the situation is it's really disgusting when you think about it. You've got a back to back MVP, not on TV. You've got a team who's been arguably the second or third, you know, top three team in the NHL, not on TV, now playing in the cup final, not able to watch the regular season games. And I agree with you. It's not like this is, you know, we were talking about with the. Previous Broncos, right? It's not like they're not a cash-heavy team. They've got more resources than resources, they know what to do with over at KSC. And, and look, it's the old say, it's the Walmart model. I, I mean, they own Walmart. <laughs> I mean, are we that surprised? I know it's kind of a simple take, but like when you kind of look at it that way, is they're going to do things just enough. But you, you know, we're not talking about go to a Target or you know some high-quality big box store along those lines. It's, they cut corners. I, I don't want to say cut, no, cut corners. They do cut corners in that sense. Yes. I like Walmart though, so that's where I'm just like I'm. I'm a, I good. go good. Walmart. It's All good.
0: Everybody, everybody's <laughs> got their. Everybody's got their vice. It's all good. Um, three simple questions before we head out of here. Number one, does the city of Denver care about the Nuggets?
1: Mm. I would say yes because people do, but I, I I I don't think it's as much as it should. I if think that makes sense.
0: Do. I think I think there's yeah. definitely there is definitely an undercurrent of nuggets fans that would come to the forefront. If they, if everything was made more available, everything was made more kind of luxurious. Like uh, Mm -hmm. the Pepsi center has not ball ball arena. Excuse me. Uh, It's, it's been a while since, since like, I I think that was constructed in 1999, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. like it's been 23 years. The life of most of these buildings is about 30 years. I know this as a sport management major, like, (laughs) <laughs> it's it's coming to that. It's coming to that time where they should probably be thinking about a new facility entirely. Um, I do think that a lot of these things could be solved if you put them on TV. If you update the facilities and on the player side, on the coaches side, you you give them a better facility. Maybe you maybe you bring in new free agents and those free agents yeah. then help you win. I do think that all of these things are connected. And if you're willing to invest the money into it, then these like you will be rewarded in this case. I think that the Nuggets have been the team that they've been least willing to invest in. And as a result, they have not seen that massive success.
1: I think that's very valid. Uh, I I really do. I think that they're, I think they do a good job of, they do more than the bare minimum, but they do, they never go above and beyond. Right. And And I think that's where, you know, you got a back-to-back MVP, you know, this is the best iteration of the franchise that they've ever had. And you would think if there was ever a time for them to kind of break the mold, that now would be the time. Right. So I guess only time will tell, I guess the optimism isn't necessarily there on my end, but it's an interesting dynamic, man. I, 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 and the weird thing is because like Josh Kroenke, such a basketball guy. Like when you talk to him, I know this pressure was a little different, but like you can sense that he wants to, you know, make sure that this team is proper, you know, run well, he's best friends with LeBron. I just have a feeling that when he, yeah, I have a feeling that when he goes and talks with, you know, Papa, that, uh, you know, it comes down to dollars and cents.
0: Uh, Two more questions. Have circumstances made it harder for Denver fans to show their true support for this team? I think think the answer is probably yes on this one. It was a very leading question from the, the altitude standpoint and whatnot. Yeah.
1: No, exactly. I think, yeah, it's hard to have pride in a team that you can't watch. And I think that kind of feeds into our people interested in basketball in, in, in general in this city. If you can't watch them, and I like to go to the sports bars, man. I can't afford to go out for every single game. I just sometimes want to post up on the couch and watch. So I think that's that another good one.
0: A great point. Um, and number three, do you think the Nuggets need to win a title to be treated like a class organization, like the Avs, like the Broncos, like the Rockies, et cetera? Do you think that has to happen first or can they do it beforehand?
1: I think it has to happen first and I I can honestly see them winning a title then even maybe reverting back to form a little bit, to be honest with you, because it just seems like, you know, it's when the ownership group kind of wants to get involved and push their chips all the way in, in that sense. But, you know, winning, winning cures all, you know, that's the old saying is it goes a lot of way, a long way in kind of earning credibility. And I think even furthermore, I think winning a title would do a lot to legitimize the Denver Nuggets in the eyes of NBA fans. I mean, look at what the title did for the Milwaukee Bucks and kind of their organization. I think there's a lot of parallels between those two.
0: Anil you've been fantastic. Thank you for hopping on with me man. It's been a pleasure to talk to you about a wide range of topics I think that uh most Nuggets fans on Pickaxe and Roll probably weren't expecting from this one but I do <laughs> think that this is a valuable conversation in general. Uh Nuggets fans, I will be talking a whole bunch of draft. Don't worry. I have a massive big board that's going to post on Denver Stiffs. Oh god. Uh, I just said mile high steps. sports. Good lord, got to
1: break the mold. It's all Ugh. right, Goodman. Uh, when Goodman and Mace, when Mace left, he called. It was calling it Goodman and Fry is what it should be. And he said Mace's name like a trillion times. So it's it's a learning curve. You're not even a month in yet, my
0: man. I'm not even a weekend. It's yeah, not crazy. Ex- exactly. Yeah, oh, we're just getting God, started. That's that's brutal. I'll have a big board on Mile High Sports that everybody can MHS. go check out. I'm looking at the word count right now, and I I, I probably about a third to a half into that. And it's about to double and it's probably going to be upwards of 4,000 words is kind of where we're, where we're looking at right now, but that's okay. That's, that's how you have to cover it. Um, Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Anil, thank you so much for hopping on with me, man. I really enjoyed our convo.
1: Hey man, anytime. And I just like to throw it out there. I'm an old media head as well. I do my own show. And anytime you're on the show, if nuggets fans, I know a lot of people like to complain about a lack of nuggets talk on the radio. I do my best to make sure that all the teams are covered. And I'm looking, you've been on my show before you joined us at my life sports. I'm looking forward to bringing you on again. I just, you know, just to put a bow on things, man, super excited about everything that we're doing. You're a big part of it and can't wait to continue to push this thing forward, man.
0: Anilo is on the 11 o'clock hour for Mile High Sports Radio. Make sure to check that out. He and Asad do a great job of running that program. Should be a lot of fun. I, I'm sure we will talk uh, multiple times about the NBA draft and free agency heading into it. So uh, again, man, thank you so much for coming on. And for everybody else, that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by Mile High Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys on Friday.